feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Call college rule. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. We're here talking sports. Uh, please give our YouTube channel a subscribe. We're always here recording at Angle Studio, which for all your recording needs um please also follow our instagram mm-hmm. sports experience podcast and also our individual instagrams if you want to check that stuff out quality uh, comedy quality podcasting quality sports man come on out smash that like button you don't even have to like sports it's just funny and enjoyable we're releasing two episodes a week and uh who are we talking about today we are talking about alan shearer yeah we're we're talking soccer. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Alan Shearer, all-time uh, Premier League scorer and uh, probably one of the best strikers, if not the best in his era. So uh, here we go. Let's get into it. Alan Shearer, born in the Gosforth area, Newcastle-upon-Tyne. God, I love these British town names. Yep. A little uh, township, and then, uh, so he's pretty much born in Newcastle. Yeah, New, let's call it Newcastle. Uh, August 13th, 1970, uh, son to Anne and a sheet metal worker named Alan. Yep. So he's uh, got some big shoes to fill. And uh, worker. always uh, encouraged to play soccer uh-huh. uh, from a young age. He was saw that he was one of those kids just with potential and with coordination as a as a young kid. I love so. when parents do that. They're just like, you'll probably be good at this. Yeah. And but aren't like, you know, crazy stage parent about it. Just more like, no, go out and have some fun with your friends and burn off all that childlike energy. So he ends up playing for his like uh Newcastle school seven aside, which is just a smaller version of soccer, which is very popular for the younger kids and they say it's very beneficial which we don't do here i don't know if anybody can tell really Uh, america's not good at soccer (laughs) i would have never known we just don't do the fundamentals it's horrible um and then he went to the walsend boys club which is just one of those like uh youth yeah factories that pumps out you know good uh soccer players and you see that all over the world, except in America. <laughs> and uh, he ends up getting tryouts with a couple of teams like Manchester City and um, mm-hmm. I think um, West, West Bromovich or somebody like somebody like that. Um, he ends up getting a, a tryout with Newcastle, but they say no. And he ends up going to Southampton, which yep. for the time, Southampton was very into playing young players. So like... That was kind of like their, you know, philosophy was bringing players through and not paying them a lot so they could play and that kind of shit. Well, you know, he, it's beneficial because he called it the making of me, that yes. era, where it's just like, we're just throwing you in the deep end of the pool because this is how we do things here. Well, it's one of those things where he had to move, like, essentially to the other side of England, mm-hmm. and they were saying, like, you know, he's going to be all on his own, and it really made him to be... I mean, a, a professional soccer player because he saw really what it was. Yeah, what it took to get to that level. And he kind of realized, I'm all about this. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up um, from when he was a kid, he had said he always wanted to be a midfielder because they were always involved in the game. You were the most involved. And that's kind of like a leadership quality, I think, that he had is he wanted to be involved, you know, in every aspect of the game and be the guy to win games for his team. And that's you're totally right because he said that he was like I always want I always want the ball, but he was so good at 
being a striker from right away. They were just like, no, 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 you need to go up front. It's the uh, replacements quote. He's like, I want the ball, coach. Winners always do, Falco. Yep. Um, so two years at Southampton youth team, they say he was lighting it up on their youth squads. And if it was kind of like today, he probably would have been moved up and played first team soccer a lot more. But he ends up spending two years and then he gets a sub attempt uh, against Chelsea, which uh, was like his first little thing. And then literally the next week, um, he gets his first start ever against Arsenal. Oh, man, does he. Oh, boy. (laughs) And proceeds to score a hat trick. And that's what people were saying was like first start goes in and scores a hat trick and then they kind of don't really play him after that. (laughs) Which is like it's it's crazy, but that's kind of the mentality of. You got to bring these guys along. It's, yes, I mean I don't think it's as they much would bring that them along anymore, too slow. That was yeah. the thing is they just if you were nineteen, no matter how good you were doing, they would always just play you like thirteen or fourteen games, and they would also put you in not good situations. Well, so, shit, like, like we talked about it with the Kobe episode, they were even doing that in the NBA in the nineties. Yeah, even Garnett in the nineties like that with the high school players. I mean, but yep. yeah, you were brought along slowly. So um, the next season, he's only 10 games, 89-90, and he has three goals and then in 26 games, and then in 90-91, four goals in 36 games. But uh, he was a team player of the year that year. And this is what I found kind of interesting because at Southampton, they really run it as a single striker. So he's not scoring a lot, but in this last season, they said that he was facilitating. So he was either getting like, he was opening it up and his teammates really acknowledged that of being like, Oh yeah, no, this is our best player. That was one of the things I read about him, but I also saw is like, even if he's not scoring the goals, everybody's getting a shot off of him. It's almost like from when he was a kid, it's like, I'm involved on every play. Yep. He was. And this is what I'll bring up later because I feel like Southampton didn't bring in like the second striker that he needed. So, Southampton is obviously just not a big enough club for him. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things that they're just like, it's obvious they can't keep him, but they they even said it. They wanted to sell him and get a player in return, Okay, which was kind of interesting. I was going to say, does that happen a lot in soccer? You no. always assume guys just get sold, They right? just normally get sold. So sometimes there is a bit of like a transfer, but... It's it's more rare than okay, it, especially with this with a big time guy. But South uh, Southampton was saying like, hey, we need a striker to replace him. See, that's um, what was weird for me because we've done so many soccer episodes, and this is the first time I see somebody asking for another player. Yes, yeah, it, it's yeah. very rare. And the guy that they picked up didn't want to go. So, oh, and the, this is the thing is with soccer is they actually have to agree. So you can't get traded. That's why it's so rare. Both players have to agree to swap. He agrees, and he plays like six games for Southampton. Like it yeah. was one of the <laughs> the for the player swap, but he ends up getting sold for three point five million, which Ooh. was a was a record at the and time. Those are pounds sterling. That's like legit hard currency. And uh, it was a record in England. And he gets sold to Blackburn. Now mm-hmm. I want to say this because when he played for Southampton, it was the first division. Yeah, the summer that he gets sold to Blackburn is when the Premier League comes in. Oh no, that's and right. This is when the influx of the first influx of money and the new owner of Blackburn is a local millionaire <laughs> and he says to whoever's listening, 
I'm going to build a team that can compete with the big teams. So back then it wasn't just money. Players would want like have to go to your club because they know it was a good club. Yeah. Like there was more prestige involved as opposed to just like being like dumped tons of money on almost like a Maradona with uh, Napoli. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, So he, he goes out and picks up Alan Shearer for, a record fee and starts building this uh, Blackburn team yeah. and the Premier League starts. Uh, we see Manchester. This is the thing that everyone said was he denied Manchester United twice. He said that's not technically true because they didn't really put an offer. The only people that put an offer was Blackburn because they were like, we have this money. Yeah. And right. nobody else was like looking to spend that money. Cause... I'm going for the money as opposed to getting Fergalicious with it. Well, it was just nobody else could even compete because yeah. they were like literally, and it wasn't even overpaying. It was almost like a realistic idea of what the Premier League was going to be. Yeah. And just straight up value because by this point, it's not like he's lighting up the stat sheet either. He's still a younger dude. He's You're... 21, 22. Yeah, I think he's 22. You're more or less banking on him developing over yes. anything else. Well, and you see all of this potential. That's yeah. the thing that's what people were saying was just like, it's a ton of money, but he's going to be your cornerstone player. Yeah. Uh, 93, 94. Um, it, it is really oh, man, amazing. when he becomes the Alan Shearer that... Because the first season, he, he has a bit of an injury. He's getting into the... Well, he had the torn ACL yep. in his right leg. Yeah, he missed about half of the season. It was, I think, a game against Leeds. And so. he's uh, he's getting into the system that Kenny Dalglish is running. Who's oh, there. from uh, Scottish fans invade Wembley, that so, guy? So he's there, yeah. So he's their coach. And we see, and this is what I mean with Newcastle having the formation that's correct, is we see in 93-94, he ends up scoring 31 goals in 40 games Mm -hmm. and is the dominant striker. And now everybody's just like, oh, that was a bargain. That that was what people were saying was like, because it was like outrageous money. Like, how can any soccer player go for this much money? Literally, you watch him play and you're like, okay. Well, literally two years later and they're like, oh, shit, that was a... That was an absolute bargain it's because like the, the Premier Scotty League Pippen is deal. yeah no seriously because the like it literally is like the new TV rights are coming in and people are like oh we have all of this money totally. um, so England doesn't go to the '94 World Cup so he has no postseason World almost. Cup yep but '94 '95 they bring in Chris Sutton and yeah. this is when you see the best Alan Shearer is when he plays off of a player and it's it's this. Uh, two striker formation. Well, Sutton complimented him so well. I think they said this first season Sutton had like 15 goals or something. They, well, uh, they combined for uh, 46. Yeah. So, so Allen had 31, Sutton had 15, and it, it's kind of crazy to think of because this 94-95 season, um, they end up they're in the lead for the title the whole yeah, time. Premier League, yeah. And Manchester United is just kind of like chipping away at their lead. And then the last game of the season, they end up playing Liverpool. Blackburn plays Liverpool and Manchester United, I think, ends up losing to West Ham. Mm-hmm. So even though Blackburn loses on the last day, they end up winning the Premier League title. And this is... The, title is a title, Chris. Well, it totally is. And this is the only time I not top five team has won the Premier League. So every other Premier League has been won by Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. 
Wow. That's it. Oh, God. And you can go through it as just like that. This is the only time that Blackburn or another team outside of this won one of the Premier League titles. And then this is what, to Alan Shearer's credit, he goes, going into the 95-96 season after we won, um, Kenny Delgleish goes and becomes general manager. Yeah. And they said, we're not bringing in new guys because we feel like the guys who won the Premier League deserve, they won their spot. Chance they deserve to it. defend their title. Yes. Yeah. And Alan Shearer was like, that was such a huge mistake because we had guys who were just getting old. We had guys. So like literally they go from an unbelievable season to this next season where as a team, they are not that good. No, they kind of bought them. Although Shearer still plays awesome. For Shearer, him. well, that's what people were saying was Shearer throughout this. He was the most consistent striker. I mean, to get 20 goals in, a, in back-to-back seasons is crazy. He gets 30 in three seasons. Back-to-back-to-back. Oh, to back to back. Um, so he just felt like there was a lot of kind of shit that shouldn't have happened in this last Blackburn season. Unpleasantness so, and friction, and he doesn't last very long. Well, he that. said he, he just he knew the exit was there. Mm-hmm. So they were ready to sell. It's 1996, it's the summer, and we get the 96 Euros. Yes, we do. And this is the thing that international competitions do sometimes is like everybody's like, okay, so this player's going to be sold – Let's see how this. Let's see how this tourney goes. Well, it's and like then Ronaldinho with the World Cup, yep, almost right. Their yeah. their stock either rises or falls. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, ninety six World Cup, England. It, it's it, or Euros. not uh, Euros. Sorry, it's actually interesting because he was not the. Other people thought another striker should have been there. Well, and it had said um, in 12 games and 21 months of international competition leading up to these Euros, when um, Shearer played for Team England, he hadn't scored. No. He did not record a single goal in almost two years playing for them. So that's what they were saying was, was the formation not right for him? Is he going to fit? And they said on the lead up, so like going into the tourney, the coach came and told them, they were like, he said, you're my number nine, you're my number one striker, and I just want you to know that. And he said, like, that gave him the confidence to be like, oh, okay. Um, So we see Ireland actually, or excuse me, England actually ties Switzerland and beats Scotland and Netherlands. Um, This is all the group stage. Yeah. Um, Our boy, goal in every single game. Absolutely. And that's what they were saying was he was so consistent for England in this 96 Euros. Um, We see them end up beating Spain in the quarters. It was 0-0. They go to penalties and beat them. And then they go to meet up with Germany. Oh, Germany, England in in these soccer games. In the semifinals. It's like the opposite of the world wars as far as records concerned when it comes to soccer. It's so brutal. If you watch highlights of this game... um, it's 1-1, it's an extra time, and the other English striker has a wide-open goal oh. tap-in, and his foot just goes right over the ball. He's, like, sliding in to get it, and he just misses. It's brutal. And then they go on to lose in penalties to Germany. Um, Gareth Southgate ends up missing. Alan Shearer makes his... Yeah. his well, uh, he was a great penalty kicker, yeah, Chris. Yeah, he was, he was amazing. That was the thing, was as far as... A scorer goes. Um, he ended up having five goals 
in the competition, won the competition's golden boot. And like we were saying, your stock either rises or falls. His wow goes through the roof because people are like, oh, he can go to anywhere. Um, I thought it was interesting because Real Madrid yep. actually was thought to come in and they ended up not. Um, he had serious discussions with Manchester United and Newcastle. That was the two that he said were like Real Madrid. He's, he heard about it, but he was just like, there was no serious discussion. No. Um, it, it's crazy to think that he would, al- he almost went to Manchester United, man. They would have had been an even bigger juggernaut, right? Oh well, that's God. what he said. He goes, we would have won probably every year, every, I mean, we, they did yeah. Manchester, end up winning, but he said it was, he had this like thought of like, who do I want to play for? And he said he had a dream or like a, a, a remembering when he was younger that he had Newcastle and number nine on his jersey. Oh, okay. And that's why he ended up picking Newcastle. And he went to Blackburn and said Newcastle will pay the now 15 million. Oh man, 15 so, million pounds sterling model. And that's. Well, he goes for the record fee in England and now he goes for the world record fee um, to Newcastle. And Newcastle the last year actually got second. Wow. So yep. they were a very good team that was bringing in the top striker. And that's what he said. He was just like, I would have felt better winning the Premier League with Newcastle. Almost uh, what the Steven Gerrard with uh, Liverpool yep. almost. Yeah. You want to win for your, you know, you want to win team. for the, your boyhood. Yeah. Your boyhood club. <laughs> um, so he ends up, and this is what he I was found. He Premier League leading scorer his first year. Well, he was a Premier for three consecutive yeah, years. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, God dang. Um, he ends up getting, and this was the other thing, was uh, his boyhood hero, Kevin Keegan, was the manager. Awesome. So that was another thing where he was like, I really want this Newcastle you know, project to work. 96-97 mm-hmm. um, is when he has his third consecutive with 25 goals in 31 games. Um, just to put it in perspective... When guys get, and I'm not talking about Messi and Ronaldo, when guys get consecutive, like even like 15 goal seasons, you're like, oh, we can hang our hat on that fucking guy. He was out there doing 25 plus for for multiple different seat for multiple different teams. You know, yeah, what I mean? teams and seasons. That's what's so like you can. He transcends almost a system. Yes, like as long as you have something cooking, he'll get you. The, he'll light up that stat sheet for you. Um, and then midseason, um, so they get second of the season before, and then midseason this year, uh, Kevin Keegan ends up quitting. Yeah. And it, it's actually very interesting because some players came out and they said that Keegan said he lost the locker room and all this shit. And Alan Shearer came out and said, well, that's bullshit. And I'll be 100% honest, I have no idea to this day why Keegan left. Oh, God. Because they were like, literally, it was them in Manchester United. They were in pole position. Um, it was it was just like that. And he said it was one of the weirdest things that he really has no idea what happened with that instance. Because it was, he felt like it was one week they were like, oh, we might win this. And then like he came out and was just like, Keegan's gone. It was like, gone? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, so they bring in Kelly or Kenny Dalglish just because they know yep. he's going to fit. It's going to fit. Um, it, it's one of these things. Uh, oh, and at the end of the season, he has one of his most famous uh, runs against Leicester. Oh, God, this that. is great. Uh, they were down 3-1. 
Uh, he ends up scoring a hat trick to have them win 4-3. Um, I'm just going to do this all by myself. It, it's pretty much, I mean, he was a hat trick kind of machine there for a minute. Oh, so. yeah. Um, 97-98, he actually has injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see this with him when he gets injured. Um the team kind of falters, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So Kenny Dalglish was good when he first came in, and then kind of shit kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, they get 13th Ooh. in this season in 97-98. And then 98-99, he's back in form. Did you um, want to talk about um, the rehab where you'd have to pick up the coins? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was So this is what I mean with like weird shit happening was in um, – so he gets injured in 97, 98, and then the coaching staff stacked like, um, what would you even call them? Like fucking tables? Yeah, like school tables. Yeah. Almost. yeah. Like almost like this kind of table. Pretty much, yeah. And they had him stand on top and like catch different shit, like coins and yeah, like. Have people throw shit at him. And just pretty much. Balance. Yeah, because they were trying to work on his balance. And somebody was just like, I think there's a better way we could do this. <laughs> Um, I don't understand this type of English national health sorcery. <laughs> so 98-99, he's back in form, but they have a new manager. Yep. New manager, Rude Gullet, and him don't like each other. And he said this, he goes, I, it was the first, when I first met him, I could tell he was just kind of like, I don't think you're a good striker which is fucking crazy that's but a great way to build camaraderie and you know it's almost like they had too big of personalities and root wanted to be the man and be like this is my team and alan was just like no nah, i'm sorry man excuse um, me i sir am a grown-ass man so 98 99 was a weird one he said uh they end up so they're rivals so newcastle doesn't have any other team in their town, but their closest town is Sutherland, and they—that's like that was like their big rival game. Okay. And he ends up benching Alan Shearer and the other striker. What? And it's one of these things where they were down, or they were Newcastle was up one nothing, and they ended up losing the game. And somebody said, if he had, if this had worked out, you might have seen Alan Shearer sold in that summer. But they ended up losing, and. Rude Gullet was pretty much kind of like, what the fuck? That's what they were saying, was like, he kind of needs to go. Well, yeah. Um, so he ends up getting fired in the early in the next season, and they bring in Bobby Robson. Yeah. Um, 2000, 2000. Do you want to talk about the Euros first or no? Because he oh, said he'd retire after the 2000. The 2000 Euros, Euros yeah. yeah. That, that one's kind of a rough. Yeah, because they don't even get out of the group stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he said that the international... The, the amount of games that was being played was too much, and he was right. Yeah, well, no, 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 because 2000, they be, end up beating Germany for the first time in, like, 30 years, but they don't end up winning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a brutal 2000. I just want to say— Are going on a 1-0 win, though? It's uh, the England international careers in this time is brutal because they should have won more. Like, he says it, the 96 Euros, they were—they should have won— and even in, they said the 2000 Euros, they were a better team than they presented. Yep. Well, they have, and we've talked about numerous players who I think have played on that team as yep. well. So, I mean, like how to lose in that fashion is nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, 2000, 2001, um, five goals in 19 games. And then 2001, 2002, though, he gets back over 20 again, 23 and 37. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, he's back in his 
kind of form. You know what I mean? And Bobby Robson sets it up to really work with him because I feel like that's kind of what Rude wasn't doing and and they get back into form and he's old as shit by this point. That's the other thing. Yeah, he's like, like in his mid thirties already. What what was he born in? Seventy? Yeah, seventy. So he's like thirty three. So he's thirty three, thirty four. He's been playing a shit ton of games. Um, 23 goals, uh, Newcastle gets fourth, which is their highest one since they had got second that time. So they're back in the champions league, which has all kinds of new money. That's the thing is like all this influx of new money where they're like, Oh shit, we need to get in the champions league. Um, their first run in it was they lost the first three games and then they ended up fucking progressing because they tied and Okay. Beat Juventus and I believe Inter. I forget who who they ended up beating. Some team of guineas. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. But he ended up having seven Champions League goals and then 17 uh, goals in the Premier League in the 20 in the 2002-2003 season. And this is, like we were saying, this is when he's 33, 30, you know. He's just a machine, dude. Unless he's, like, getting injured, he's on the field doing Alan Shearer things. Like... Next year, they end up doing it. They qualify for the UEFA, not the Champions League, and he has a bunch of goals in that. They have losing to Olympic Marseille. So, like, we see this Newcastle, like, star because in this era, he is just like the Newcastle guy. He's it's, like the Tony Gwynn of Newcastle. Yeah, like, really. Because they're not to, like, winning. The Red Sox and Yankees of like Man U yep. and like, you know, Liverpool and stuff like that. Yeah. So going into 2004, 2005, he actually said this was going to be his last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting because you don't normally hear the announcement like that early in the season. He was just his own guy, though. It's like like when he said he would retire from international competition, like before the Euros yep. started, not just like after. Exactly. Yeah. And he ended up starting – you could see that his play wasn't up to par. It was a bit patchy. He had some pretty good um, games in the European competition. I think he had actually 11 goals in that, game, in that season. Wow. But then midway through the season, pulls a reverse card. And he yeah. literally says he felt like the manager was disrespecting him because he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, fuck it. I won't retire. Yeah. I'll play next season. I will play next year and he just comes- to spite you. And that's what he did. He was like a player coach the next year. And he comes back as a player coach. Doing the Pete Rose thing without the gambling. The thing I end up loving is he becomes, because he comes back, he becomes Newcastle's all-time scorer. Mm-hmm. And he ends up scoring I think to become the all-time scorer was 202, and he ends up scoring 206 for Newcastle all-time, which yep. I thought was awesome that he came back and What's did his that. hometown team, yep. man? Like, that's what, like Tony Gwynn. It's the like same to- freaking exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was a perfect one. Like, seriously. Um, Alan Shearer, I just want to say, he has 260 all-time Premier League goals, which I don't know if it'll ever get broken. It's quite the stat. He has 283 first division goals because he had 23 uh, for when he was playing for Southampton when it was the first division. Um, For me, he was the best striker in his era because he made the guy next to him better. And that's something that we just sometimes see. But like for him... The only disappointment was really he did not get the silverware I felt like he deserved. He did yeah. have the Blackburn champions, which nobody, I mean, just them winning that Premier League is ridiculous, but just a little international silverware and something with Newcastle would have been the cherry. That was, would have been just like the extras, but I mean, an amazing soccer. I was so 
like stoked to watch this guy because he was a big dude yeah playing soccer which you don't see that much of but like he would throw his weight around but just like an amazing just teammate and facilitator for a position that some guys are selfish well let me say this too because um one aspect of his thing was he was really good at everything so he could score with his feet he could score with his head he yep. could set it up he said that he or it said that he scored almost one fifth of his goals with headers um and just because that's a ridiculous percentage for soccer in my limited knowledge but it's that's... it's really a ridiculous so if you think about it i think messi has two goals from his head oh, God. so it's just like a different style of forward where you're right he was a hard nose like he would get into it and head the shit out of the ball and like so I want to get into what he's doing now, post-career. Yeah, now it's really cool. Um, he ended up coaching for a little bit, but it really didn't work out. I mm -hmm. want to say that. So he coached for Newcastle. They kind of gave him a shot. Um, but now he's doing stuff with uh, CTE. Did you see that? Yeah, for soccer players. For soccer like players. Michelle Akers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he even said it because he was known for heading the shit out of the ball. He's just like, I'm monitor mon monitoring myself because I can see it coming because one of his idols ended up having it. They thought he had dementia. Oh, no. They went back in uh, a couple of years later, and they found out that he had CTE. And I know this isn't like, uh, we're not supposed to make jokes at this time. The English call CTE boxing brain. You should hear them oh, say it. No. Oh, no. Oh, he had boxing brain, and you're just, just like, like... Punch drunk, yeah. It's wait, tough. what? No, it... We're not calling it that. Um, I mean, granted, it's a very large medical word, but CTE is fine. Not boxes, brain. That sounds like a shitty brain. British breakfast item that has no taste or spices. Um, so he is actually looking into it and trying to get research because especially the soccer balls back in the day were a lot harder and just a bunch of shit like that. Uh, for me... Greatest uh, Premier League scorer, and it seems like just a really great guy. Yeah, and he does um, soccer coverage, I think, for the yes. BBC still. I mean, he's kept himself involved in the game. It's basically his life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Alan Shearer, man. Awesome. Thank you all.